0: Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening and we got a special special guest in the house. We got Wes here from Naked Hog. How's it going guys? Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana. Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana. Yeah. Now you're not uh, you don't have we was talking earlier you don't have a Cajun dialects, you're not originally <laughs> from Louisiana, but you no, are from Louisiana. No, no,
1: but I am originally from the south, so okay. I grew up all over the south. My dad was in uh, in the military, so okay. we were stationed mainly in the south. I was born in Alabama, so okay. am I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not real tight or anything.
0: Yeah, no. but you're, you married a Louisiana
1: girl. I right? did marry a Louisiana girl, So yeah.
0: you've got that Cajun, uh, mm-hmm. that, connection. Yeah, that oh, yeah. connection, oh yeah, there. oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, got the Cajun food going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, Naked Hog, how'd you come by that name? you know it was just because
1: uh we that was kind of the first thing we got we uh, went to go get uh, we decided we wanted some pigs so we'd never really grown raised any animal so we wanted some pigs we were originally gonna go get two feeder pigs and when we went to go get those two feeder pigs we came home with six Uh -uh. pigs so which is normal yeah yeah so then you know we were just kind of playing around with uh with names and stuff and and we just i don't know we like the the
0: yeah, I How like it, felt. it too. Naked yeah. hog, naked you know, hog, yeah. it's kind of naked
1: and yeah. take you back to your roots,
0: you know. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, I like cool. it, I yeah. liked it, yeah. So we're gonna kind of bounce around, we got a lot of stuff to cover this evening and uh, and it's gonna be really interesting because Wes kind of, although we do garden in the south, it's a little different what we have to deal with, some of our issues we have mm-hmm. to deal with, some of our problems we've overcome. So we're just gonna gotta bounce around about gardening, we got a couple things we're gonna press down on, but man, it's gonna be an interesting show to understand. And we just, at the end of the show, I think you'll understand sometimes you gotta do what works for you. Yep, absolutely.
1: So anyway, absolutely. All right, so
0: let's talk about, first of all, what is up in your garden?
1: You know, the story of my garden lately is rain and weeds. So we've gotten rain every day I feel like for like
0: weeks only yeah
1: months yeah Yeah, it's 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 rare that we get a day without rain and Mm so one it causes problems because we can't get in to get the weeds out because the beds are so squishy you can't just
0: get in now you have more of a redder type you have a tighter soil than what I got here
1: yeah so it definitely is it is it's a sand it's sand clay but it's it's a lot a lot of clay yeah so when it, it when it dries out it sets up like a rock right um, so and it doesn't it doesn't drain so underneath it's like solid clay. So that rain comes down and it just sits um, So when you walk out there you see it. Cause weed problems. Oh,
0: yeah disease problems Mm-hmm, man. It can just be frustrating y'all. We always do better in a dry year when we do a weed mm-hmm. year Yep.
1: and then when you get all those weed problems it brings on more pests. So. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, and you battle some bacterial wilt. Yeah, the tomatoes, the bacteria.
1: Well, it has been horrible. Yeah, lost them all. So
0: we had a we had a pretty good gardening year so far. So our spring gardening is wrapping up now, Mm -hmm. and it's been pretty good. We was dry. We was real dry for weeks on end, and you know, with our drip irrigation, it made things. It made things nice. nice. Yeah, so we was there yep. now here at the end we started getting rain after my corn harvest I believe it's the first time I've grown sweet corn it didn't get blown down <laughs> But I did not have the first thunderstorm come here and blow my sweet corn down So everything was good there made a pretty decent crop and then my watermelons came in and I had a real good crop and then the rain set in day mm-hmm. after death day and you know, we had a little bit of disease set in on them, which is not that big of a deal But the flavor of them wasn't as intense mm-hmm. as what yep. I like from but they weren't as sweet You'll always make a sweeter watermelon on a dry, dry year yep. than you would a wet year. So, you know We have partaked in one of mine a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah, and it was sweet So yep. there we've been without rain for the last four or five days so the the flavor of them is start to come back a little bit mm-hmm. but those first ones I harvested they were just so watery it yep. And it wasn't it's not the variety of watermelon. It's just the growing mm-hmm. condition So I don't care what kind of watermelon you're growing if you don't have those right conditions there it can affect the sweetness of that watermelon tremendously. Yep. yep. So uh, Always a dry year we make sweeter watermelons than we do in a a wet year. It's just nature, nature, cantaloupes, melons anything is that of that nature. So I mean in my garden the corn sweet corn is gone. Mm -hmm. And one thing a little tip here This is free to everyone. (laughs) When that sweet corn is gone get out there when those stalks are dry and mow it right then. They decompose so much better when those stalks are dry. Green excuse me when they're green mow them when they're green and get them out of there quick Just as soon as you mm-hmm. get through harvesting, and they decompose so much better than waiting until those stalks dry When they dry out man, they're hard to get rid of
1: Oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they
0: get hard. So uh, that's a good that's a good plan to go by there always get rid of them just as soon as you can Heck, you know, we always plant something behind that corn's got all those nutrients there mm-hmm. So we can plant something right behind do
1: you, it. Uh, do you use drip tape under your corn? I do.
0: Man, you do? I, that's a, now I don't use drip tape under everything mm-hmm. But I always use drip tape underneath my watermelons and my and corn. corn. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. It's just uh, something I always do Big pumpkin contest. We still got that rolling on. Let's oh yeah, update yep, us a I little bit it. on
1: that. My pumpkin's about this. My biggest <clears throat> one's about this big right now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be this big. Sure. But right now it's about this big.
0: Yeah, so yeah. And how about uh, the four kids, folks?
1: Uh, they're growing too. Uh, there's. I don't think they have big ones yet either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're all in the south. Most of us in the south are trying this mm-hmm. thing, and we all struggle in the south mm-hmm. with pumpkins. Yep. 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 It's, it can be problematic. I got uh, I got some growing I got my little secret weapon out there that I'm I'm playing with out there mm-hmm. I can't let the, can't let the secret out. We're gonna see how I mind. I'm trying something a little different this year I have failed miserably with giant pumpkins in the past now I actually do pretty good growing a regular pumpkin, but with giant pumpkins they are problematic. Yeah. For me,
1: oh, so. yeah, and you know Aaron uh, with four kids and farm might actually have a little bit of advantage since they actually live over in California So they got that little bit drier, a lot drier. Right, dryer. right. So They got right. that warm and dry and they don't have uh, quite the disease issues. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: so. they got a big advantage anything this northern uh, I'm gonna say from 7up on the East Coast has a huge mm-hmm. advantage. Yep. Uh, speaking of that, we're just gonna move right on into the product of the week. Now the product of the week is these Ooh. two babies right here. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, Garden Foss and Liquid Cop. Now this time of the year if you're growing winter squash You're growing giant pumpkins, regular pumpkins, any kind of cucurbits, squash or anything growing into the fall You're going to be faced with a disease called downy mildew. It's probably the worst mm-hmm. one out there on cucurbits So you need to be prepared that it's going to happen because it's just going to be there. Yeah. Now what I do is I rotate on a tight seven day schedule with a garden foss and then the next week with a liquid cop. Mm-hmm. And that'll take care of those those issues right there. The uh, the you know the mildews the powder and the downy, but the downy does more damage I think than yeah. the powder does Yeah, the powder is pretty easy to notice but that downy will jump on you and do some major damage before you know it. Oh, yeah So these are two exceptionally good uh, fungicides for those conditions there and plus you can you can take mix these with any of our insecticides So I always put in an insecticide in there with it But I wanted to highlight these two here because everybody including me is is mm-hmm. Needs to be focused on downy at mildew, mildew at the moment and that is a great uh, spray schedule there. Like I said, I'm Good on a stuff. tight seven-day yep. schedule now. Yep. Every Sunday afternoon, that's what I do: is I spray my squash mm-hmm. in my garden with uh, with those right there. All right, <clears throat> and let's uh, you grow. You brought a watermelon?
1: I did bring a watermelon. I did. I did. Now,
0: I don't know. Well, this is this is wet it rolls. I mean, yeah.
1: it's kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, how hollow it's supposed to sound. but Yeah.
0: And what variety is it?
1: So, this is the Dolce Fantasia. So, it's going to be a red meat uh, watermelon. And so, I, I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. If, if it ain't so red So, it's a know. hybrid variety. It's a hybrid, yeah. I mean, hybrid. It's yep. a not a hybrid variety, but it is a hybrid. And they get about uh, 25 pounds. Yeah. Supposedly. It's similar that one's quite. to the Crimson. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nice and juicy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh oh. Well, it could have stood just a little well, bit more. How about that? It's uh, I mean it ain't white. It ain't white. It ain't white. Now one thing that bothered me when I was looking at this and you It didn't have a yellow belly mm-hmm. and I was I was telling you before the show yep. you, you said you actually switched it around and you thought that was the reason mm-hmm. It wasn't because you mm-hmm. you moved it around but that yellow belly I can tell you that in the curlicue You know yep. we talk about. So the, the curlicue
1: was dried. But the it had that yellow belly. And the yellow belly yep. is two
0: things that I always look at there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna partake in it anyway. Yeah and you know, it's frustrating when you pick one that's not ripe like mm-hmm. an R2, and I do this. I do it every year on my first ones because I get a little I get a little carried away.
1: Surprisingly sweeter than I thought it was going
0: to be. That is but, real sweet. Mm-hmm. That's sweeter than mine is.
1: So that's a, uh, I didn't expect that.
0: Really? That is real sweet. That's unusual. That's actually pretty good. Everybody will excuse us just for a moment. <laughs> I got to have seconds on that one. That's amazing mm-hmm. right there. I may have to grow that one next
1: year. Not a not a real strong watermelon flavor that I get out of it. Just a lot of
0: No, but it's sweet. sweet. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. Yep. And for it to be that sweet, the amount of rain you had, mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. Yep. All right, we'll set this to the that's side. That's really good. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think after yep. a while, we may have to go finish that one off right there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty Let's good. Let's clean that out. Dang. That is amazing. Yeah. All right, so... <clears throat> Let's talk a little dirty, dirty gardening. Okay. So I've noticed on some of your videos that you've done something That uh, I've been meaning to do. hmm And that's your germination chamber. Talk to us about mm-hmm. that because germination oh, chamber Is something that's important. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, I mean we used a heat mats which worked fine, but you need that humidity sometimes to make these mm-hmm. things pop and yep. you made a DIY Germination chamber Mm -hmm. and kind of walk us through how you did it and then the results you've seen Mm -hmm. off of it.
1: So really kind of the reason that we started that that we wanted to do it was because uh, We've had problems germinating peppers in the past and for us I don't know why peppers have just been really hard for us to. peppers are hard
0: for everybody. Um,
1: So We actually uh, got the idea when we came out talked to you last time I was out here, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned germination chambers. So we did some looking, and picked up an old freezer, Yep. and it just one, it actually worked, but ideally you just get one that doesn't work, you probably get three.
0: Yeah, well, everybody's got them sitting out next to road in this part of the world. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, so picked up a small small chest freezer, and then we put a little crock pot, I don't know, maybe uh, not even a quart, like half a quart crock pot, one of those little ones, doesn't even have a dial on it, you just plug it in. Mm -hmm.
0: Fill it with water. Mm -hmm.
1: Fill it with water, and then uh, I used a cheap thermostat from a, that, that comes with a those a germination mat. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a cheap one, right? Because I right. didn't know if it was going to work or not. So plug the crock pot into the, the thermostat mm-hmm. and then plug the thermostat in. Mm-hmm. Then we use the 162 cell trays. Yep. Just filled them with dirt. Yep. Put the seeds in. Yep. We use a perlite on the top. Yep. And then we wrap it in saran wrap, just some plastic wrap. Stick the soil probe from the germination, or from the thermostat into the, into the soil, stick it in there, mm-hmm. and just leave it. And so we get the results we've seen. Uh, we've seen uh, we've gotten peppers that uh, germinate in about four days. Then uh, we've get some tomatoes, or tomatillos germinate in less than a
0: day. Well, you know the hot peppers is one that mm-hmm. really seems to be, and you brought me one. Yep, of those
1: yep, yep, yep. So these things, this, these Carolina Reapers, these germinated uh, in in roughly a week. We got germination on these, um, so I was really impressed. Yeah, I was really impressed because, and we, and not just the the quickness, but the amount of germination. So we got nearly 100% germination on everything we put into the germination chamber. Um, asparagus is supposed to take 21 days to germinate, and ours germinated in a week. Wow. So uh, I, w- I was I was amazed, but yeah, that's that's gonna be good for you. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to that. Like we like may that even there. have to do what, a
0: lot of taste test, not uh-huh. sure. That's, that's gonna be good. So uh, I got a few peppers here that I've grown and I thought we may just test them here. A little bit. Do you like peppers? Oh, yeah. You know peppers are one of those things that I normally grow several varieties of. Now I may this just grow three or four or at the most three or four tomatoes, mm-hmm. but I grow a lot of different peppers because peppers to me can be used in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Now what we've got right here is this is the gypsy pepper. How big does this plant get? It doesn't get very big at all in fact mm-hmm. it'd be ideal for containers. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's, that's real fruity. It the is fruity yeah. and it's
0: got a little heat to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. that's good. Yeah, that's good. So uh, you <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> You, too much Well, you from Louisiana, uh, <laughs> don't bother you as much. I don't know
1: how, how these Carolina Reapers are gonna go over.
0: May have to put some butter on them, how about that? <laughs> so, uh, the germination chamber, what does it cost to build those things? So, I mean, for, really? So, we spent uh, zero
1: dollars on the chest freezer. Uh, we spent, I don't know, five dollars uh, getting a crock pot from the thrift store. We just went to, I think it was Goodwill. We went and got a a little $5 crock pot. Um, And then, of course, we bought the thermostat, which we actually didn't use the thermostat at first. At first, we were just monitoring the temperature, and we plugged it in, unplugged it as we needed to, Mm -hmm. which was okay, but thermostat does make it nice. Uh, But you can pick those up for like 20 bucks. Yeah, those little, just just need a cheap thermostat. And then, um, and then of course the seed trays which I love the, the those uh, 162 cell and 338 cell trays those are they fit perfectly yeah. in that chest freezer.
0: All the commercial guys use germination chambers mm-hmm. All of them. Now this is the right on red. Ooh I like that, that's cute. Now this is a pimento style pepper, which mm-hmm. is wonderful for stuffing This is probably now I'm on, as we get through today You'll find out I probably got two favorites. This is one of my favorites mm-hmm. right here. I love the pimento flavor but I also love the way the, the uh, okay, I'm on, I got oh, you right here, all right. I also love the way the plant is so you can set mm-hmm. that on the grill there, you don't have to move it around, you can just set it there on that flat bottom there mm-hmm. and it works great for, uh, nice. these things, these just have a good flavor to me. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. sweet, it's good, pimento style, yep, I like that, alright, let's see what else we got here, Cuban ale. Cuban Nails are not my favorite, but I also love Cuban Nails. And mm-hmm. what's your favorite pepper? You know, I don't know that I have a
1: favorite everything except bell peppers is my favorite.
0: I just don't like bell peppers.
1: Yeah, I've never either. just
0: it's just the I don't know if it's the taste in there mm-hmm. Just bell peppers are not my thing yep. and I guess bell peppers are probably the favorite pepper out there or the most popular. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because people haven't tried.
1: Yeah other, other peppers. Now
0: this one also does well for stuffing and we do a mm-hmm. lot of stuffed peppers mm-hmm. right here. What are you stuffing with? We take uh, sausage mm-hmm. and cream cheese, we brown the sausage and we mix it in with cream cheese, onions and garlic, we mm-hmm. saute all that, mix it all together and stuff. And then we put some cheese mm-hmm. on top. That's good. It's not a real hot pepper, but it's packed full of flavor. Would mm-hmm. you say, Cubino? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like it. That'd be a really good stuffing pepper, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: All right, and how about the cinder? Do you grow the jalapenos this year? Mm-hmm. I did. Which variety did you grow, you remember? Those ones, cinder. Cinder. Mm-hmm. Those make a nice blocky, I'm talking about a nice yep. blocky yep, jalapeno. Now, jalapenos to me, we do stuff some of those, but it's not a good stuffing pepper to me. Mm-hmm. I like this as an addition to use it as a spice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the problem with, you know, a lot of people stuff their jalapenos, but you can't get a lot of stuffing in there. No. So, I mean,
0: I'm going to get me another slice here. I don't want the bottom there. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. Now my uh,
1: my twelve year old daughter, she doesn't like jalapenos. I don't know why. She likes other really? peppers. She'll she'll eat a banana pepper, um, and she doesn't mind spicy stuff. But she That's won't got eat a little jalapeno. heat to
0: it there. Would you say? Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. I tell you, you one of those guys. You can take the <laughs> heat.
1: We went to dinner with some uh, friends the other night, and he. Uh, he, he had cayenne peppers that he just gave me with dinner to just to eat yeah. with it. So it was good. Oh, Okay. <laughs> A little bit of that watermelon, I hope, too. Yeah.
0: All right. Now, here's my other favorite. A lot of people, this is pepper here, is so not widely grown. Ooh, excuse me. Not widely grown at all. Poblano. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We got this, some of those growing, oh, too. Oh, I love this yeah. pepper here. This in, in mm-hmm. the. Um, this and the pimento is my two yep. favorites right yep. now the poblano is you know a lot of people use them in the, the Mexican dish where mm-hmm. they what do you call it? What do you call that when they flour them and stuff them full of cheese? I can't remember what it's called. I know you're talking about. Yep. I can't remember what it's, it's called used, though. It's used a lot that, but we take them and stuff mm-hmm. them
1: and then you know they when they dry it, it's then the ancho chip. Right, right. Same well, thing. I've never done
0: that, but yeah, mm-hmm. you had to sun dry them don't you I mean. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, okay So this one here to me it has just a little bit of heat, but what I really enjoy about it is the flavor mm-hmm. of the poblano. Yep
1: It doesn't have that uh, poblanos don't get that, I don't know how to describe that pepper taste right. like there's almost like a, uh, a, a A bitterness to most peppers and the poblanos to me don't have that. Right
0: And yet they don't have that wing that the bales mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. All right, We getting down to nitty-gritty on peppers here. <laughs> oh Yeah Oh, yeah this is mm-hmm. another one of the pimento type here. We need to follow it with We need to follow that jalapeno <laughs> with a sweet pepper. Sweet. Now this one hadn't turned completely orange, but it's part of the series there <clears throat> mm-hmm. as the right on red. I think this yeah this is the orange orangey sweet yep mm-hmm. yep, that's right. should have the same flavor profile, however. It's going to have a different color to it. So if you want to look at some, do some colorful dishes, this mm-hmm. would be a good one to add and to that. these would be good planter ones, right? These would oh be good yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's now, that's sweet. a sweet pepper. Wow. There. wow, that's a lot sweeter than that mm-hmm. one. I didn't realize the flavor was going to be different. I thought it was going to be the same. Is that not weird or what? Yeah. That's, that's, almost, that's, that's almost fruity. Mm-hmm.
1: It? It's almost that. like putting a, a, a sweet cherry tomato or something in your mouth. Yeah. Like it's really, it bursts with sugar
0: seeds look there. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was good. <clears throat> so last but not least. <laughs> Feeling dread, better? I'm dreading this one. Oh no. <laughs> I'm dreading this one. Anytime that they're wrinkled up like that, that's dangerous right there. <laughs> what we have here folks is the habanero pepper. Ooh. Yep. <clears throat> I thought you may be a little concerned. But after seeing your reaction so far, I think you are a pretty good. Uh, I don't think you pepper scare you a whole lot. <laughs> All right. Well, you, be, you think I better get them seeds out of there just for? I think
1: it wouldn't hurt to try them. No, I'm not know. yet. Not yet.
0: <laughs> now, have you ever eaten these? Now, I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. To me, this makes the best pepper jelly. Mm-hmm. Hey, something about that habanero flavor to me. I've had it with uh, pineapple pepper pepper jelly mm-hmm. before off the chain.
1: Now for folks that don't want the heat you guys have a heatless habanero too that just want the flavor.
0: And that's what we're eating. hmm So this is the heatless variety because I could pull off the other one. <laughs> I had access to some of the other ones and I said no, I just can't do it. Can't do it, huh? But this is the heatless which has no Heat to it whatsoever, mm-hmm. habanero. Now I know people's gonna think this is strange. And if you want to, really play a prank on somebody, it'd be mm-hmm. a good one to do it on.
1: It, that, it's probably.
0: a habanero is what it is, but somehow or another they have bred the heat out of it. Now that would make, if you could figure out, it, it's not shaped well for stuffing pepper. Mm-hmm. I guess you could spin it up Now that would make mm-hmm. a good good stuffer out right there.
1: That's a really good flavor. But it has a unique flavor to it, mm-hmm. to me.
0: It has that mm-hmm. habanero flavor without the heat. That really tells you,
1: um, it, it shows you why habaneros are so good though. Yep. Even though, even though they're so hot, because yep. you get that, all that flavor. That's really yep. good.
0: That is good. And I'm, I'm glad that worked out for the best, sir, because mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was looking for my wife because she knew what I was going to do and was going to switch those out on us. <laughs> <sighs> and I that would have uh, been, been problematic. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk about, so we talked about the germination let's talk mm-hmm. about some beginner gardening tips because you, you're more of a seasoned gardener like I am, been around for a while. So let's talk about beginner gardens. What advice would you give beginner gardeners starting out?
1: I think the best advice I would give a beginner gardener is to just do it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, kind of a... Cliche, you know. yeah but but really that's the biggest thing so many people quit you know they'll, they'll plant something they'll put a, a tomato in the ground it dies and, mm-hmm. and then they stop you know just just plant it's really not as hard as you think plant something that's gonna that's gonna do well for you like okra uh, cucumbers summer things that squash. Are simple. yeah summer squash yeah,
0: yeah yeah you know I did a video on my corn the other day and I mentioned in there I don't believe and I don't believe I don't believe corns a crop for a beginner garden
1: no no Nope, definitely not. So, uh, uh-uh. and
0: some people kind of commented on that and didn't think I was telling the truth, but I think corn is something you should get a little bit under your belt before you mm-hmm. move on to that. Now, one of the biggest problems I've seen, I've talked about some other issues, but this is one I'm going to kind of narrow into that beginning to You know, you got those people out there, and you probably got a brother-in-law that's like this, because we all got this brother-in-law that's like this. <laughs> he can't do anything unless he goes full-fledged into it. Mm-hmm. He's got to research it. To the end. Mm-hmm. He's got to buy everything he can possibly need. He's yep. a gearhead on top of that But he researches everything till it just confuses him so much in his head and I call those the overachievers mm-hmm. Yep, those kind of people like that really get confused because YouTube has so much massive mm-hmm. information out there about gardening Those guys get confused. They get they get confounded. Is that a word? Confounded? Yep, yep. A word. It is,
1: if it isn't it is today. And
0: they get they get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and they can't do anything so the whole thing is you, like you said, you just got to do it. Yep. You got to do a little planting. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. plant summer squash in the winter time. So there's a little right. planting there do you got bit. to be doing. Yep. But you cannot overthink yep. it. I'll
1: tell you a secret. I, I was an overachiever when I started. Was you? I was. I was. And that was that was one of the biggest uh, hangups. You're, you're, you know, one, you're one of those
0: guys. I right? am one
1: of those guys. My wife actually is the one who uh, helped push me, and she still does. She keeps me moving forward, so I don't get hung up down in the nitty-gritty. Right. Yeah, because if you do, if you do that, if you get hung up down there, you'll never,
0: never get, get out nothing
1: of grown. Right. Ever. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes you just got to do it and you learn from your mistakes, you, you fail forward.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be willing to try new things. You know, just like in, and we, we cover this topic a lot and I feel like it's just so important. Don't fall into a trap of yep. one size fits all. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like your garden. We may have similar growing Environment, mm-hmm. but our growing conditions are different. Yep. I mean, you grow in a, a, a different type of soil than I do. Mm-hmm. People ask all the time, "How long do I need to mature?" You have to run your drip tape shorter. I'm going to run mine yep. longer than what you are yep. yours because we've got different kind of soils, and it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to retain that water better. Than my my sandy soils, it's just going to leave there.
1: Even the weather, the weather is different. I haven't. I don't remember the last time I turned my drip tape on. It's been a while. Right. I haven't, I haven't watered.
0: Right. I mean, you could have different disease pressure. You could mm-hmm. have different. Yep. You you could have more. If you're in a coastal area, you could have a lot more wind, so you might not have as much disease pressure or mm-hmm. you may have more. Yep. So there's all, and it means this back to Eden thing and all that, I see mm-hmm. this all the time on these mm-hmm. gardening groups. And they just, I just don't think it works well down in the south. Mm-hmm. I mean, up in the north, Alaska, and mm-hmm. I've never been to Alaska, mm-hmm. but if that works up there in yep. Oregon, so be it. But yep. it just doesn't, I don't see it working down here no. in the south.
1: Now I have a friend in uh, Indiana mm-hmm. who uses back to Eden and it works, he sends a pictures of his garden and it works. Wonders! It's amazing like he right. a beautiful garden, but right. he's in Indiana and, and they have a lot higher
0: organic matter in their soil than what we do.
1: Yep. Yep. And they have a lot less red ants.
0: Yep. Yep. So, you know, don't get caught up in this. We got to do it this way. got to do it this way. You know, probably the best thing is find somebody locally mm-hmm. that's successful at gardening and kind of follow their lead a little bit. You got a mentor in your area that you kind of follow a little bit on gardening or not? You.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I'm talking about anybody local, though. No, I don't. No, yeah. no, no. You know, it's... You're the guy. You're the yeah, guy. Yeah, it's surprising how many people don't really grow a garden around. Like, when well, we drive around, we'll see gardens in some places in the backyards, but there's not, not as many people as you would think out in the country in Louisiana that grow a garden. Really? Yeah.
0: You know, Alabama's a huge garden state. Mm-hmm. So, it is. So, So, uh, why do you think it's important for people should grow a garden?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of reasons, but... I think, for for me, uh, when we were young and first starting out married, growing a little garden on the side, when we grew our first garden, it was about, I don't know, like 20 foot by 10 foot. It wasn't that big. Yeah. And it was just on the side of our house. We lived in the city. And for us, we were broke. So growing that garden for us was security. Mm-hmm. And we, we grew tomatoes, okra, eggplant, and squash.
0: You said broke. Yeah. I know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah. I've been there doing that. And that's, that, and that, that, that's what we ate. Yeah. Like, we ate that. Right. Other than the staples, that's what we ate. Right. We, ate we ate that. So it was that, a necessity. For you. Yeah, it was a necessity. And I think not enough people understand, even if they're not broke, but what that can do for them. You know. So yeah,
0: especially in the climate that we are today, it's, we have found out within the last year how important mm-hmm. it can be to be more self-sustainable. And just talk about the kids. Talk about, you know, bringing kids up in that type of lifestyle.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it. it it's amazing when you see that first look of wonder when a kid walks out and they see all these like cherry tomatoes out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some uh, some friends come over the other day to the garden um, and they were just kind of looking. She does a little backyard garden uh, down at her house. She lives down in the city and and she comes out to kind of when she wants to feel inspired. So she comes out, brings her kids and her kids see all these, uh, all these sun gold tomatoes grown, which is a great variety. And they just look at me like, wanting to know can they pick and yeah. when you tell them yes their face just they yeah. light up they yeah. love it yeah. like they love yeah. picking right. oh just and and the one of them said to me while i was there he's like or while they're there said hey do you guys you, you know you grow all this like this, this is a lot of food that's that's amazing you know he was amazed that right. he saw where his food was coming from he right. was like just putting you know putting those those connections
0: together we get phone calls all the time people talk about and a lot of times it's older people that have grandkids or whatever and they talk about how gardening brings their brings mm-hmm. them together somewhat so it is a it's a great feeling when people tell you that because you understand exactly what they're talking about you know it gives them time quality time to spend with their mm-hmm. grandchildren or their children out in the garden and and teach them something on the side so yep. it's, it's a good it's a good hobby to have as far as that goes now you've tried <clears throat> you kind of remind me Of Myself a little bit because you try some new things all the time. Yep. So you try some intercropping this year
1: Yeah, it's a companion planting. Yep. So we have one Well, I guess you could say two beds what we're trying it in. So we've got uh, our one of our okra beds We have okra peppers uh, Basil and Roselle And so we have uh, what we have planted in the first uh, six rows we've got We've got okra, and then 12 inches over, we've got basil, and then 12 more inches over, we've got a pepper. Um, and so everything is a foot apart, and I'm going to tell you, it has been awesome.
0: Now, what's the reasoning behind that?
1: So is just a pack more in there? So, two things. The basil is really because, uh, in theory, from what I've read, it helps control pests. It helps kind of keep pests away. Um, so it's a repellent, yeah. Okay. To repellent, and then we eat a lot of basil anyway. So the other the other side of that is, like you said, it's to pack more in there. And our okra has hasn't slacked off at all. But on top of the okra that we're picking, now we're picking peppers and basil. We had oh five pounds of basil. We went out, we just cut them all off, took them in, freeze dried it. Oh,
0: now, mm. intercropping has been around for a long time. These normally you do it for a reason, mm-hmm. and it could be for several different reasons to get more production off a particular area. Yep. Or you can do it as a trap crop where you put some another variety in there to take some insect pressure mm-hmm. off from another crop. The first crop that I ever remember intercropping, and, and this is goes beyond my time. This is the old timers telling me about. It. Have you ever seen one of these coal mule drone planters? Mm-hmm. And they yep. got the two hoppers on them? Yep. Well, those was made specifically to intercrop Velvet beans in with corn. Wow. So you, you put corn that. side on one side mm-hmm. and the other side You put velvet beans in and when mm-hmm. you planted that row in the same row, mm-hmm. you was planting velvet beans and corn. Well, wow. it worked well back then because they would go out there and by hand they would pull the cob off mm-hmm. and then that Velvet bean used that corn as a trellis mm-hmm. to grow up on and they would turn the livestock in once the velvet bean got mature yep. and the livestock would salvage or they would go in there and eat what little bit corn was left. And wow. they would eat the velvet beans. Yeah. So intercropping has been around for a long, long yep. time. Yep. Now it's it's touchy because I've done a lot of work with it and some things not really work well for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, if you go on the internet, they has been a lot of research done on intercropping. Mm-hmm. It is a touchy thing because there's so much that goes in there that you got to be successful yep. with. Yep. And it can it can be tough. I tried planting clover one time and leaving me some little strips out. And I was going to plant my watermelons in those little strips and I was going to let the clover in my middles mm-hmm. die back. <clears throat> you know, it sounds like a wonderful idea. Yep, yep. But it didn't work because I couldn't get rid of the clover. Extinguishing some of these intercroppings mm, at the right time can, yeah. can be yeah. problematic.
1: So that kind of, you know, goes into the second bed that we have uh, planted and that is our peppers. So our main pepper bed is about a 2,000 square foot bed and we've got Wow, sorghum.
0: 2,000 square foot of peppers. Yep, yep. <laughs>
1: There's There's 14 40-foot rows. Wow. So there's uh, sorghum to grass planted in between the rows of peppers. And we just mow it down. So what was the reason behind the sorghum So, sprayer? Our garden our garden beds are pretty new. And so they're really lacking in organic matter. There's a ton of clay. We need to work that soil. And so what my thought was, I don't want to have to not plant these beds because I need to cover crop them for a year first. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to get the, the benefit of the cover crop in addition to still getting a harvest from mm-hmm. it. And so what we do when we mow it, we then take the clippings and we put it down the row of peppers in between. Okay, so more. that keeps yeah. So then that keeps the weeds down as well. Wow. Now the only the only uh, big thing I've had that I've been concerned about is that that sorghum sedan grass sucks up some of that nitrogen, so it's mm-hmm. going to use up a lot of those nutrients. So we have to fertilize more right. to make sure that the peppers get what they need.
0: Now you have drip tape down there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. But you hadn't need it because but, you had yeah, so that right? we yeah. had a side so double edged yeah. sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with intercropping, it can be. It's a lot of trial and error there and you have to mm-hmm. learn you have to kind of move what works and kind of get away from what doesn't work Because you'll you'll find some things didn't work well like you thought they would that's been mm-hmm. my experience. In yep. Now one thing a lot of people do with intercropping is they'll with their bell peppers They will use hot cherry peppers in with their bell peppers and what that does is that helps with the pepper ah. yep. yep, so that hot cherry tomato where they will take the the magnet, it's a mm-hmm. trap crop. So it'll take yep. it away from the the bells. Yep. and the mm-hmm. bales you can, you know, you can harvest those. Another one, and this is our, we've known this for a long time, you know, vine borers, mm-hmm. I've had some trouble with them, especially this time of year, mm-hmm. but this is one you can do there with yellow, yellow summer squash. You can plant yellow summer squash and you can have you some Hubbard squash, mm-hmm. which is a winter squash close by and it those vine borers are, will migrate more to the herb, Hubbard squash mm-hmm. And leave your summer squash oh, alone. I didn't know that. Yeah, that wow. that's one of the best trap crops out there is the Hubbard squash. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of distinguish you extinguish it. You don't you don't get you much. You don't get anything. Yeah, get any yeah but that's okay Because yeah. you don't get your another one and this is good because we're going to be going into the fall season for long. mustards. Oh, mustards yeah. are a great um, Trap crop for collards and for cabbage and things like that mm-hmm. and what they'll do is they'll take the flea beetles in the diamond bath moth away mm-hmm. from the other crops so you can plant them in there. The red mustard works well or just regular broadleaf mustard. Mm-hmm. So you know. interesting,
1: Yeah, I didn't know that yep. either. That's good. Yep. Good, good.
0: Another thing you probably did not know is our corny joke of the week. I did not. Yep. Nope. So how did the farmer catch his wife?
1: <laughs> uh, how'd he
0: catch her? He trapped her down. <laughs> you get that? Tractor. Tractor. Yeah. Tractor. Tractor down. Tractor. Yeah. yeah, feel free to use that any way you like to do that. That's uh, free to everybody out there. Good corny joke of the I way. don't
1: I think uh, if someone is not on good terms with their wife uh, Yeah, they need one. to stick to zinnias. Yeah, yeah instead Zinia, of that. that's
0: probably so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can do And this is getting away from intercropping a little bit You can do border planting. Now border planting is when you plant a crop on the outside of a particular crop that will help with pest also and uh, buckwheat. You can plant mm-hmm. buckwheat and it will attract stink bugs mm-hmm. and the, also the beneficial. So it'll take the, some of the stink bug pressure away from your okra and your tomatoes. because mm-hmm. We have a lot of stink bug yep. pressure on those two. So it'll take it away. And uh, you know, the buckwheat's also a great one for pollinating. Yep. And pollinating. it kicks up quick too. And it kicks up quick. Yep. It's one of my favorite uh, cover crops. Another one that I really didn't know about until I read about this, but I got to try this squash bugs. Everybody has trouble with squash bugs late in the season. Man, they can be Mm -hmm. horrendous. Plant millet Hmm. as an outside Trap crop, oh, trap, crop. <laughs> trap crop trap crop so plant millet on the outside of there and it'll pull those squash bugs mm. into there and, and Leave your precious leave your precious Might squash. Yep. Mm. So these are all kind of things you can experiment with there mm. as far as intercropping and border planting mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are planting marigolds for years or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah in the garden for that So maybe we've helped somebody a little bit today. What I hope think? so.
1: I hope we have.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm so you know, there you have it folks, we're gonna wrap it up here, but we are, man, we're proud to have you, Wes. It was good to have you on the show. Thank you. And we're gonna to post here. your link up there again, so you got a great YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Garden in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go on there and check it out, find out maybe some tips and tricks that'll help them be more successful growing their own food, how about that? I hope so, I hope so. All right, so here you have it folks, get out there and get dirty.